0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome
1: to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little of this... A little of that. And we get you out in 15 minutes or less. Unscrew Nation. I am recording this late Monday night and I am very fucking angry about all the revolutions about New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman being an abusive asshole and trying to pretend it's BDSM. I am glad he resigned, but the entire progressive infrastructure is what protected him for so long you know, a resignation is better than no resignation. But again, if we pretend that that solves the problem, we're pretending it's just a couple of bad apples, which, you know, I fucking feel about the bad apple theory. (sighs) I just have a few things to say. And I promise most of this show is going to be nice and fluffy because (sighs) there's only so much of this we can do. But between Schneiderman and Juno Diaz and DJ Khaled talking about like, Women owing him oral sex, but he refuses to ever go down on women. By the way, I wrote about that for Teen Vogue. So if you want to read my take on that bullshit, that's where you can find it. I just want to say, like, don't let men pretend they get to set the fucking terms of sex or tell you you're not cool or progressive if you don't like how they want to fuck. One of the things that makes me the craziest about this this Eric Schneiderman business is he evidently told women after he slapped them across the face that they if they didn't like it, they just like weren't loosened up enough yet or like they weren't progressive or or liberated enough yet. It's like abuser gaslighting 101. It is a load of absolute bullshit. And I have just had it up to the fucking top of my hair with, like, entitled, violent, abusive men who ruin fucking everything. I mean, like, Eric Schneiderman, if Mueller goes down, maybe our only chance to hold Trump accountable. I know they'll replace him with someone and hopefully it will be good. Maybe it will even be a woman. That would be amazing. So, you know, whatever. But, like, the people that we count on the most, like, they still are abusive fucks right like male violence undermines everything including whatever parts of democracy we actually have previously had i've just fucking had it and i hope that you have fucking had it too just like none of this shit is okay none of them deserve a pass because they do good work in the world or we like their books or their music or any of this shit it's not fucking enough and it's not enough i saw on somebody's thread like As soon as the Juno Diaz news broke, like, well, isn't there room for forgiveness? Like, he has not fucking asked for or attempted to earn anybody's forgiveness. As far as I'm aware, he made some mealy-mouthed statement about how he's, you know, holding himself accountable for his actions. But he didn't enumerate any of what those actions are or how he's being held to account for them. So, like... I just refuse to any longer do the emotional labor for these men. And I hope you will join me. They do not get cover anymore. No matter how valuable their contributions to our world. It's it's not a fair trade. My body, the body of other women, our sovereignty. It's not a valid trade for any of this shit. Fuck that shit. I'm so angry. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) More on this. I promise we're actually going to talk about how to... Heal masculinity. Uh, next week with Karen B K Chan, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, so let's take a pin in all of that, and I hopefully will be like less swearily angry by next week can't promise. Uh, and instead, let's say like a little longer in romance novel land, because I heard from so many of you how much you loved the episode last week. And I did too. Raiden was fantastic. And I especially love hearing from those of you who work in the industry. My favorite message, my favorite message of all came from listener Hope Newhouse, who is a professional audiobook narrator. And she often records female female romance in erotica. And she wrote me this. Lots of female-female fiction is written by queer women, and happily, there are plenty of hot butches to be found in the genre. Yes! Relevant to my interests. I was excited to hear you mention Rachel Spangler, who I've narrated for and writes well. I often narrate for Bold Strokes Books, which you also mentioned after the credits, founded by Len Barrot. I hope I'm saying that. It might be Barrett, B-A-R-O-T, who is a titan in the genre. She writes under the pseudonym Radcliffe, C-L-Y-F-F-E. And lots of her books combine decent prose and steaminess in a very satisfying way. I love recording female-female romance because it plays with stereotypes, but is also so much more feminist than heterosexual romance tropes. If you want to know how a masculine person can seduce a feminine person while also being sexy about consent, just sit back and watch some queer butches at work. Swoon! I am right there with you, Hope. Two of my favorite narrations were Homecoming by Nell Stark. College romance, a lesbian's straight roommate discovers she is not so straight after all, with very lovable characters, one of whom is half Korean, yay for non white romantic leads. And Point of Ignition by Aaron Dutton African American bartender meets blonde firefighter in Memphis, Tennessee when her bar burns down, pants feelings ensue. Hope, thank you for giving me hope. And Hope even shared with us a steamy little clip of her reading from Learning Curve by Rachel Spangler. It's Spangler's debut novel, and it's full of butch femme seduction, I'm told. And it is, in fact, put out by the amazing Bold Strokes books. Have a listen.
2: Well, you certainly look the part of the carpenter, Carrie said. Ash brushed sawdust off her pants and looked up just in time to catch Carrie watching her. She could have sworn she saw a hint of lust in her eyes, but Carrie quickly averted her gaze. Crossing to the window, she said, It's hot in here. After giving the window a couple sharp tugs, she exhaled heavily when it didn't budge. Ash could tell she was flustered. Her knuckles turned white when she tried again, yet she didn't ask for help. Ash strolled over and placed her arms on either side of Carrie. It might help if you did this first. She reached up and deftly flipped the lock, and the glass lit up quickly under Carrie's pressure, causing both of them to lose their balance slightly. Carrie turned around, blushing, Guess which one of us has a PhD? Oh, there is no doubt in my mind which one of us is the professor, and which one of us is around to open windows. Ash leaned in closer, so her body brushed against Carrie's. Ash, hold on, I have a confession to make. What? What? Carrie tilted her chin, finally allowing their eyes to meet. I have absolutely no idea who Judith Butler is. Carrie relaxed slightly, letting more of her body come into contact with Ashes. What? Ash chuckled. That wasn't what you were expecting? Carrie blushed and shook her head. Actually, no. Judith Butler was the furthest thing from my mind. You were expecting me to do something more like this? Ash slid one arm around Carrie's waist and used the other to cup her face, gently pulling her in. Carrie was not the only one caught off balance as their lips met.
1: Yes! (laughs) Again, that is Learning Curve by Rachel Spangler from Bold Strokes Books. Have fun reading, and thank you so much, Hope. Okay, lastly, I want to share another clip from my Unscrewed interview tour. This one is from The Blinkist, which is a great podcast about how big ideas affect our everyday lives. I talked to them in November, and this clip is about a subject that I've been quietly obsessing over for like a decade, the history of the phrase girl power. It struck me that words are really important in your work, specifically you know, precision and the specificity in deploying the right words. And you work to explore all the insidiousness behind what seems like a really innocent term that all of us, uh, well, 80s kids and after will know, but it's girl power. Even in advertising campaigns today, girl power is everywhere. I saw it on a T-shirt that I think they were selling at H&M the other day. Can you talk a little bit about what's wrong with girl power? I mean there's nothing wrong with the phrase girl power inherently. It depends on who's deploying it and for what end, right? So the phrase was coined, or at least popularized by the band Bikini Kill, which is one of the leading bands of the Riot Girl movement. And girl power became somewhat of the slogan of the Riot Girl movement. Now, the Riot Girl movement of the sort of mid-90s was incredibly political. It was originally about creating space in punk music scenes for women, which were very hostile to women. Women were getting groped in mosh pits and not treated seriously as musicians. And there was a lot of hostile sexism happening in that scene. Um, But the movement took off and they produced zines and they had this very dedicated group of mostly young women fans who wrote back and forth with the artists and they would write back and forth to them. And they used nudity and sexuality in really confrontational ways, both in terms of imagery and their lyrics were like, I don't need a dick to fuck, right? Like, (laughs) fuck you. Um, And so the, the phrase girl power was very political when it was popularized. But while that was happening, once that sort of started catching on, almost immediately, I think, uh, Simon Fuller, who would go on to basically invent Pop Idol and American Idol, started brewing up a girl group in a lab, basically, which became the Spice Girls. Uh Uh-huh. And the Spice Girls adopted girl power as their slogan. And it does this thing that the market does quite often to revolutionary ideas, which is find a way to sort of denude it of any political impact, any transformative impact, and sell it back at a markup, right? So, you know, the most demanding the Spice Girls ever were was like, if you want to be my lover, you have to get with my friends, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't, the Spice Girls were fine. I named my second book, What You Really, Really Want, right? Like, I'm not like anti-Spice Girl, but they were the idea of girl power denuded of any transformational power <laughs> really, it was just became a product slogan that made girls feel good but didn't challenge the status quo in any way and it was merged up the yin yang and then the next group to come along after that to take up the girl power mantle was the pussycat dolls and the pussycat dolls like threw away the idea of female friendship and instead, you know, basically said, don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me, right? Like, and so, you know, we see this, this is a pretty common thing that happens in the relationship of markets and movements that movements come up with these really impactful cultural ideas that have transformative power and markets capitalize on them in ways that strip them of their transformative power. (sighs) That was a depressing last sentence, Jacqueline. You know, it is a little depressing. It's frustrating. I wish I knew like the the magic way to stop them from doing that. And I think the answer just is we have to keep being creative in our movements. We have to not get attached to any one tool because if a tool becomes effective, it will eventually marketing will come for it. (laughs) And we're going to need a new tool after that. Oh, yeah, of course. Again, that was from the show The Blinkest, and you can go back through their past episodes. Mine aired, I think, sometime late November. That is all we have time for this week. As always, send me your sex and relationship advice questions, ideas for future shows, future guests, all of your great feedback to me at... Unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. Friedman is F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. Uh, and you can also hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Jacqueline J-A-C-L-Y-N-F on Twitter and JacquelineFable on Instagram. You can find Unscrewed wherever fine podcasts are available, including Apple Podcasts, Acast, and Stitcher. When you're in there, you know what I want you to do. Give it five stars. Give us a tiny little review it makes such a big difference and you can also just spread the word about the show other ways just tell your friends have a listen subscribe i love seeing that i see it on twitter sometimes and it makes me so happy that's how we all find shit these days word of mouth right unscrewed is produced and edited by yours truly jacqueline friedman our in and out music is by the pink tiles and our cover art is by nicole didana and was developed in collaboration with the establishment who also developed the sound cues Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives.